Blog Talk Radio. And a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio eloquentonline.net in rainy New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. You're listening to the Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you? Leave the audience wanting more. However, every year on Veterans Day, our Veterans Day week, we step aside from our normal format and celebrate a veteran from one of the services. And uh, this, I've, I've done over 1,300 podcasts. And in deference to everyone that I've ever interviewed, I have to say, because it's okay to have favorites, this was my favorite interview ever. I think I may actually post the full audio of this interview, which was conducted on the 8th of November in the year of our Lord 2018, you are going to hear from a KC-135 Stratotanker pilot in the Air Force. Her name is Lieutenant Colonel Barbara Barch, and I'm telling you, you can go read all the blogs and listen to all the things and whatever you think. Go to conference sessions where people get up there and talk about women in leadership and women doing this. There's plenty of people in the credit union and banking marketplace who think they're experts on that. You're about to hear a real expert on leadership and achievement and teamwork. Even if it's politically incorrect to say so, I don't care. I loved my time in the military. I loved being a part of the Army, and I loved being in the infantry, and I loved being part of the military mission, which is to make enemy soldiers former enemy soldiers, and blow up all their stuff. Well, the Army can't do it without the Air Force. None of the services can do it without the Air Force. And I learned so much in this interview that I did not know. And you're going to learn some things about a great American pilot, great history of American aviation. And Lieutenant Colonel Barbara Barch is keeping that tradition alive. And we're going to talk to her, and we will do it all right after this. And to all veterans, past and present, happy Veterans Day. Hey, it is Veterans Day 2018, and I have been looking forward to this show for so long because for the first time um, since 2010, interviewing a veteran on Veterans Day, I'm interviewing somebody who knows one of the great friends of my family here in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. Her name is Lieutenant Colonel Barbara Barch, and she's joining us from Ohio. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. The Air Force has a huge global mission, but everybody grows up somewhere. Where did you grow up? Um, I spent my years um, out at Lake Maloney, just south of North Platte, Nebraska. Um, spent many years uh, swimming in the water, 
hiking on the trails, playing out in the woods. So um, I love Nebraska, the good life, of course. They've recently changed their motto, but um, I grew up with it as a good life, and that's how I look at my childhood um, growing up in Nebraska. Sage, I wanted to ask you, you know, spending your time out there in Nebraska, did you look up in the sky one day and see an airplane and think, wow, I could do that, I could fly that airplane? When did you join the United States Air Force, and when did you start your love of flying? Well, I um, started, I joined the Air Force actually my second year of college um, in, back in 1990. I um, swore in um, in June of 1990, and I went through basic training in August of 90, and just so happens it was a day after Iraq invaded Kuwait is when I started my basic mm. training, um, which was just too um, coincidental. But um, my love of flying actually started out in Nebraska. My dad um, worked for NOAA out at the weather station, Lee Bird Field, and I just remember as a kid he would um, – you know, we, we would tag along with him sometimes to work or, or um, being picked up from work. And I remember working or him working out at the airport, we had access to watch the planes come in, watch him take off, watch him launch weather balloons. Um, all that just eye in the sky kind of thing that just kind of got me just the love of looking up and seeing what was up there. That's awesome. You know, I, to I, uh, I told you I did the math. I, I, I combined the fuel capacity of the two family cars here in the Diet household in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof, and it's approximately 33 gallons of unleaded gasoline. You are a pilot of the KC-135 Strato tanker. Um, can't even imagine how big this airplane is, folks. But my guess is it carries a lot more than 33 gallons of fuel. I know pilots are talking about their airplanes Tell us about yours. Okay, well, that is interesting because I did do some of the math. Um, <laughs> and for your two vehicles, on one of our fill-ups for our airplane, we could, we could fuel your two vehicles for 36 years just on one fill-up. We carry about a little oh. over 200,000 pounds of fuel, which equates to about uh, 30,000 gallons of fuel on just one our complete tank uh, fill-up. When you can refuel just about anything, you can refuel um, other logistical uh, airplanes, you can refuel fighter jets, you can refuel planes from other services, so people know what it's like. When you are refueling a, a plane on a mission, approximately how high are you in terms of altitude and how fast are you flying? Okay. Well, we're um, we're in uh, we're pretty high up there actually. Um, um, about where the airlines fly is about where we fly as well. Um, our speeds we can go. Um, obviously, we're, we we compute our speed in in knots, indicated airspeed. But um, if we convert that to miles per hour, we're looking at about 530 miles per hour. Now, when we refuel, we, we refuel. It depends on what we're refueling. Fighters are a little faster. Um, and um, the cargo airplanes that we refuel are a little bit slower. But, yes, we do refuel all of our sister service aircraft. Wow. We refuel NATO, wow. our NATO allies' um, uh, aircraft as well. Oh, so, wow. Um, so you, yeah, you we're quite diverse. aircraft from other countries? Yes, yeah, our NATO, air, wow. um, our NATO allies, we can do that. We have the boom method for most of our aircraft here in the States, and then there's also the probe and drogue method. So there's two different methods that we can refuel by.
Okay, well, uh, you know, I love doing this show, so on the Veterans Day show. I'm, I'm always hosting the show, but on Veterans Day, I always feel like I'm also listening to the show. You just said something to me. With all of my Google research this week, getting ready for the show, <laughs> I had no idea that she refueled other aircraft. I'm curious about something. When, let's say it's a, a, a fighter jet from Germany and they're refueling, are they able to speak to you? Can they talk to you on the radio and say, hey, thank you, America. Uh, Dunka, Dunka, thank you, for, thank you for giving us some gas here. Yes, they can. I love hearing the different accents. When we, mm. when we refuel some of our NATO allies and love hearing the, the English accents or, um, you know, the Middle Eastern accents or, you know, whoever, it, it's, it's quite interesting. That's awesome. Okay, well, listen, uh, one of the big things, it, it, normally this show is about how do you apply music to your brand every day, and we talk about how do you practice. You have to practice the right way if you want your performance to be great. Uh, you just talked about it, 500 miles per hour at 30,000 feet up in the air. What kind of teamwork and training does it take <laughs> to make all of that work? Yes, lots of teamwork and lots of training. We are all highly qualified and highly trained um, uh, pilots in the Air Force. Um, we train all the time, 24-7. Uh, you know, we're, we're always on duty. We're always um, ready to go out. Um, the teamwork, yes, we work as a crew and we're trained as a crew. Um, you know, you, it's not just you up there in that airplane. Um, in my aircraft specifically, you know, we have another pilot and we have a boom operator. And so the three of us have to coordinate. And of course, as pilots, we're sitting up in the front of the aircraft. We can't see what's going on back there when they're hooked up, when we have a receiver on the boom. So that's why we really depend on that boom operator. They're our eyes and ears. They're the ones that actually, you know, tell us, you know, if they're erratic or if they're smooth or where they are in the, in the boom um, refueling envelope. So teamwork is definitely golden. Um, and that's why wow. even as youngsters, you know, you're a part of a sports team, that matters. That kind of training even starts when you're young, you know, and you don't realize it as a kid, but, you know, as you grow up, that's the kind of um, um, experiences that really help become a pilot is working with a team and then also always, always training. You know, we're always in the books. We're always learning new um, regulations, new AFIs, our um, new FAA rules that come out. We have new equipment, advanced equipment that's constantly being upgraded. Um, we have simulator training. We go in there and, and, and simulate um, flying, and it's just, it, it's constant. It's definitely 365 days a year. As somebody who has really excelled in her in her life in the military in the United States Air Force, what would your advice be to young people who are considering the military, maybe as enlisted people, as an alternative to college? Oh, I would say absolutely do it. Um, you know, your young ones, um, especially for those, some of those kids that, you know, don't have a direction like I, you know, I didn't. Uh, yes, I knew I wanted to fly, but I didn't know, you know, how I was going to get there. So. Um, it's just so important, you know, as less than 1% of the population is currently serving in the military. So it is an exclusive group. We are an exclusive yeah. group. You can meet somebody or cross somebody in the street, and, and if they have a military 
you know, any kind of, you know, um, um, any kind of military hat or military jacket on, you know, it's like you automatically have that connection with that person. You know that person because even any sister service, um, anybody who served, we just have that connection. And I just say it's a, it's a great exclusive, almost like a fraternity or a club to be a part of, um, to know that we're out there defending the def- you know, the uh, people that cannot defend themselves. Um, all the firefighters and police department and the military, I just, you know, I just respect everyone in that aspect. So for a youngster starting out looking for direction, I mean, the military is where it is. I mean, it really is. It gives you the purpose. It gives you that uh, no. discipline. It gives you the skills to succeed in life. Uh, but when I was in the war, uh, in the Gulf War in 1991, I will never forget, I was flying on an Army helicopter and we were going out towards uh, a city called Kafchi. And um, Saddam Hussein had lit the oil walls on fire. It was just a surreal scene. It was like Dante's Inferno. It was just weird. And I couldn't believe, you know, I'm a 23-year-old guy. And remember, we, we pulled up out of the smoke, and there was an Air Force A-10 flying around the battlefield. And I just thought, we're good. If anybody starts any trouble, this guy's going to be all over it. He's as a pilot of a really gigantic flying gas station, do you have a favorite fighter plane? That's interesting that you also mentioned the A-10 because that actually is my favorite one. I would have wanted to refuel the A-10. And I think that connection is something with my brothers, being both in the Army and knowing how close um, the A-10 assists with close air support and, and, and provides that top cover for the Army on the ground. To me, it's like the mean, um, I don't know, basic fighter that you just don't want to mess with. Yeah, I, I had the privilege a couple weeks after that during the, the ground war, the big left hook that the Army took um, in, in Desert Storm in 1991 to actually see the, the A-10s engaging targets, and it was this crazy, rippling hum. It was like, and it was like, holy cow, I am so glad those guys are on our side because it was, it was hot shot fighter pilot kind of stuff, pulling up and banking out, and it was just, it was just so great. I don't know. I, I, I sometimes I think that uh, I kind of feel bad when I tell people that I enjoyed the war, I did. I did. I enjoyed the, the action. I enjoyed the intensity. And for young ladies that are considering a career in aviation, what would your advice be to them? Because it is still kind of rare in the military. I would, yep, absolutely, again. You know, um, I've been through training, and I tell you what, I am treated, and I feel like I have the same respect as any man out there. So um, for women who feel that, oh, I'm a woman, I can't do this, or, you know, how are the guys going to treat me, um, all I can say is you prove yourself and you are going to be treated just like one of them because you are one of them. You, you know, I've spent many hours um, burning, burning holes in the sky over Iraq and Afghanistan, providing that air support, and with my fellow airmen, and they're all, you know, mostly men. You're right. Women are kind of unique still in the aviation field, but we are growing, and the more we grow, so the more you young ladies 
join and become aviators, the less of a novelty it's going to be. But I tell you what, yeah. I have always felt respected and always have felt like part of the group. So there, you know, oh. I highly encourage it. We also asked Lieutenant Colonel Barch where she's stationed. Where does she fly? Yes, out I'm of? stationed with the 121st Air Refueling Wing at Rickenbacker Air National Guard Base, just south of Columbus, Ohio. I've been in that wing for 28 years. Um, and I've been flying the tanker for um, just over 20 years. I graduated pilot training in wow. 1998. But prior to that, I was a boom operator. And so I did spend yeah. two years um, on my belly in the back of the plane um, passing well, I, fuel onto receivers. And I want to thank you so very, very much for joining us today. I really encourage people to look at the pictures. I always thought this green flight sheet looked so comfortable. <laughs> to me, it was like the first sweatsuit. You just like go to work every day. You have a tie on. You didn't have, you know, a, a belt on. It was just so. It was just so comfortable. It was just so comfortable. So, um, if um, as we as we uh, close out this show, uh, are there any veterans that you'd like to send out a special shout out to here in 2018? Absolutely. Um, obviously, first all my. Um, Fellow airmen um, from my wing and my base, I have flown countless hours with. I, I've definitely a big shout out to them. And then also, um, more specifically, my younger brother Ed, who just retired um, last summer, 2017. Um, you know, got a lot of respect for that little brother, and I'm glad to see that he made it through his career successfully and is enjoying his retirement. So, um, you know, I just thank all the veterans as well. Thank you. And before we get out of here, I also want to thank all the students and staff and parents out at the River City Believers Academy. They had me as their guest speaker this past week at their Veterans Day Chapel. I'll tell you what I told them. There are only two countries in the history of humanity that started their nationality based upon a covenant with the Almighty God. Israel was the first, and America is the other, and it is worth fighting when she sent an email earlier this week, Colonel Barch wanted me to remind everybody that she flies the true workhorse of the American logistical military might, the KC-135 Stratotanker. Thank you, Colonel Barch, and happy Veterans Day. Thank you as well, sir. I appreciate the, the time yeah. you gave me. Thank you. It's awesome, awesome. A lot longer that I Happy Veterans Day, everybody, and God bless America.